0: Hey everybody, you got a pose in the Matrix here. This is Dave, and we got uh, Eric and Jim. Hello, fellas.
1: Hey, how you doing?
0: Good, good. I think Jim might have left for a second, so just imagine him saying hello to you. <laughs> okay. Um anyway, uh we uh what is today? It's the eighth of uh, June twenty twenty and it's approximately six thirty five here. Hey, right on the button, man. Um and it's uh nine thirty five out by Jim and eight thirty five out by you, Eric. So we've got all of our times um uh, zones covered um folks you well if you haven't been watching the news uh i don't, I don't know you know you, you might uh you might be uh living under a rock or something and uh and uh so there's been a lot of stuff going on with unrest with uh the uh the crowds out in the streets uh uh, there were some really good, legitimate protests going on, uh, which Antifa kind of took over. I, I remember watching, uh, one of the video clips. Uh, I don't watch the regular news. I, I don't like being indoctrinated. I don't like, uh, propaganda from the other side. So, uh, anyway, uh, there's a, a, black girl and a very, very astute, very smart black girl. And she was watching these two, uh, um, tall white people dressed all in black with barely any of their face showing and, uh, they were, they were spray painting black lives matter on, on, uh, one of the uh, buildings that they were destroying. And she says, what are you doing? You don't represent us. This is not what this is all about. And, they, you know, talk about racism because they were giving her the, uh, poor little black girl doesn't understand what's going on. Uh, that's okay. Just let us do what we're going to do and we'll go away now. You know, and boy, that infuriated me. It really did infuriate me. And it just, uh, you know, it just goes to show you the mentality of these these folks that uh, are joining in or I should say taking over these protests. But, uh, uh, yeah, so they've been they've been tearing down all of these um, Civil War uh, statues and things like that. Statues of Robert E. Lee, statues of just the regular uh, uh, Johnny Goes to War um, that that are in these parks down south. And. Uh, there's a southern pride thing. I lived in the South for a while. There's a Southern Pride thing that uh is, uh it runs deep. It really does. And uh, there was a you know, the Civil War was a terrible thing. Um Lincoln really had a lot on his shoulders when it came to that and um you know, thank God it came out the way he way it did. You know, uh I I'm sorry that all those guys had to die. And what these people are doing these Antifa people they're they're making it so that it seems like uh even the good guys that fought in the civil war uh you know you could you know don't get me wrong I'm just saying the side that uh was anti-slavery I'm talking about um and not not even the uh, that the other side was pro-slavery There was more states rights but anyway um you know it's uh, all the lives that were lost on both sides what it I think it's a half a million over half a million Americans died in that in that war and um what a dishonor it is, you know, and and uh, I was watching a World War Two movie the other day, guys, and, and I was thinking, man, if those guys could have come 70 or 80 years into the future and seen what our society has turned into, would they have gone to war? Yes, they probably would have because Hitler was a tyrant. But would the outcome have been different? Would they, would, it, would they have said, well, you know, we know what's going to happen in 70 or 80 years, so we're going to take these steps to change this before it happens. But then you look at the, who was really running the country at that time, so it probably wouldn't have happened. So anyway, it's fun to speculate. But uh, anybody, uh, Jim, Eric, uh, well, let's, I don't know quite how to meld into the, uh, the narrative of what we're going to be talking about tonight. So I'm going to leave that in you guys' hands and, and – uh, just kind of kick back for a minute while we uh, lay out the format.
2: Head your tails, Eric. <laughs> go. Uh, well you, you might- to go sometimes first, man. Come on.
1: Uh, I think you'd be better off with this, Jim.
2: Okay, the ultimate. You know, really where you need to begin on all of this is that some people still just don't understand that there is a global elite trying to take over the world in right. league with Satan. Yep. Man, if you don't understand that one element there alone, you are a lost little puppy dog in all of this. This is the apocalypse folks. We're at the end of the end times. I think it should be more than obvious with everything that's going on. Um, oh. Even if you have a vague recognition of, of knowing what the Bible says about end time events, everything is happening all at one time. Right. It's never been like this before, ever before. Right. Um, but Revelations uh, 17th chapter, it says there are 10 people who have received no power as kings yet, but re- but have power as kings. But they There are 10 people that have received no kingdom yet, but they have power as kings and give their power willingly unto the beast, for they have one mind. That is a global conspiracy. Yeah, it is. When you see how things have been played out all throughout history, the United Nations, I call it the, it's the antichrist system. They, they go everything opposed to the word of God. Right. Their whole agenda. When you study um, and see who is financing, who is supporting the United Nations, you follow the money trail, the same people that supported and followed Adolf Hitler is now funding the, the United Nations, the very spirit of Antichrist. It is the Nazi agenda, restructured and packaged as the UN, but it's the same uh, desires and goals being played out, and the money trail proves it. Um, the theology that they would follow would be, um, a belief of theosophy based on Helena Blavatsky. Okay, so this is, this is a global elite. Now, the UN has carved out the world to be in 10 sections. Duh. Do you think that the 10 people that are giving their power and resources, and these are the same old names that we know, people like George Soros, the Rothschilds, the Warburgs, uh, you know, all of these yeah. Rockefellers, um, all these people, they are on a level where they know they're thrown in to the God of this world, Satan. And they may not, you know, go around wearing robes and, and and wearing, you know, reverse crosses around their necks or anything, but they are in league with him. There's different tiers and levels of it. There's a lot of people working at Area 51 thinking they're back engineering alien uh, stuff, and they're actually getting information from fallen angels, as the Bible has said. So, I mean, this stuff has permeated down through society. But, I mean, there is another world that exists that most people are totally oblivious to, and it's one that the elite have been in control of in every facet of society all throughout history and it's not like they just suddenly came into power they've always been playing a chess game from behind the scenes manipulating uh many of the same names of people that are uh selling War equipment and setting up nations to fight each other, and they're on both sides making making money off of both sides. I mean, it's just for them, it's, it was just a way of manipulating and controlling. The Georgia Guidestones, 20, the Agenda 21, written in 10 different languages, 10 different commandments of telling us ahead of time what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, why they're doing it. Right. It's there for you to Just go down there to Georgia on a 33.3-degree line parallel line and, and read it, and it's there. Um and this is, this is what this is all about. What we are seeing with the COVID virus, you know, we, we, uh, sent out, you know, we got a hold of that video that, um, Bill Gates was presenting in 1998, I think it was. Yeah. Um, to the, uh, Department of Defense, uh, about the COVID-19 virus would be used to dismantle Christianity in the United States. And they would do it on a genetic level. They were showing brain scans, showing uh, people of, of faith and what area of the brain it seems to be operating in that. And they, they established a definite genetic pattern there. So they're going to fight this on a DNA level. So isn't it a coincidence that he comes up with uh, the COVID-19 that can restructure DNA? He's got this uh, brain food thing that he sells and bill even bill o'reilly's you know saying praises about how wonderful this was i took it instantly and my mind was clear and um it's supposed to increase your iq double your iq or whatever and and he's selling it but he says that it is it's doing this on its restructuring your brain brain on a genetically dna altered way it's kind of like utilizing nanobot technology in a pill so the vaccine he has is the same thing. It's using nanobot technology to reconstruct and manipulate your DNA. I don't know about you, but I don't want him messing with my DNA. No, um I don't want anybody mess I don't want anybody messing with my DNA when <clears throat> Trump had made a statement about um the coronavirus and you know they're going to come out with a with a um uh, a vaccine. <clears throat> and then he comes right out and says, but most of the people that follow me are not going to take it. and You don't have to take it because um it's going to be your choice whether you want it or not. He was making a bold statement right there and there. And the press still tried to twist it around. Like he's just being an ignorant stooge. Doesn't understand the seriousness of all this. Uh-huh. And he's not paying attention to science. No, he's a pen to, he's paying attention to reality. The other parallel world reality that most of us are not aware of. This stuff has gotten so crazy lately. But even the lies on, on network news is so insane. I just, I don't believe it. They lie and they know that they can't cover their lies. Right. They can't back out of it. So now all what CBS, NBC, ABC, all the major ne- news networks how, now have their own fact-finding checks. <laughs> so the fact-finding checks are checking and finding experts to verify the lies that they just gave by lying a further lie right making it so that most people are going to go oh see okay yeah that's right um peter if you're out there you uh, i guess you've been listening to us pretty much live most of the time in sweden um we didn't even know we were reaching people out in Sweden, but we were. Um, they were on the news the other day. No, this was this morning. Yes, that's when I, I walked away from it. I said, "That's an, I can't watch any of this garbage anymore. It's like sticking my head in a toilet and, and you know, eating from it or something. And it's just disgusting. Just the filth, the lies and the filth that came out of it. They were saying that um, this doctor came forward from Sweden, and he didn't call himself a um, uh what, uh someone who's No, I, ain't even, I don't even well, know like an
0: immunologist anything. or something or
2: No, no, he uh a whistleblower. That's what oh, I'm trying okay. to think. But it was kind of being the role of a whistleblower that I am i can't cover this up anymore. You know, in Sweden, they do have a second wave. They're dying by the thousands all over the place here in Sweden. And it's because they ignored, <clears throat> they didn't wear a mask. They didn't obey anything, you know, six foot distance or anything. They just continue life as regular. Well, now it's come back to to take their toll on them. And people are dying all over in Sweden. Nobody's dying in Sweden. I just talked to Peter two days ago and everybody's fine. They're fine. Uh, right. they're fine physically anyway he was telling me spiritually they're just really super lost and all wrapped up in technologies or god and i said yeah it kind of sounds like american uh, science and anybody that says they're scientists they're that's the un the unchallenged uh religion anymore if you're if you're obeying science you're safe so all the news has to say is science says and everybody goes Ooh, oh okay we got to listen to them that's uh Outrageous! It's just ridiculous. So this is where we're at. You know, we're we're seeing the attempts of a global elite whose numbers are up, and uh, we we got to go back to another thing, and that is um, God's plan in Amos three seven. I quote this every time, and I wanted I do that on purpose because someday somebody's actually going to look it up and look. I'll go, oh, wow! Okay. Amos three seven says that he, God will not allow anything to happen until He tells his plan to the prophets. And the prophets in turn let us know what God's plan is. Right. And that's the other big problem. First we don't understand there's a global elite that are trying to take over everything. The other thing that we don't understand is God has a plan. He's revealed it to us. It's up to us to find out what that plan is so that we can have peace through all of this. God wants us to have peace. We don't you know on on my mask when I get my little special mask from China I'm gonna I'm gonna put on there um um, my vaccine is Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior. It's all I need. It's all you need. Uh-huh. I'll put that on there. No, okay. I'll wear my mask everywhere, all the time. Um, but otherwise, I I don't wear. You know what? When I when I go to a place, that I know that might be fussy or you know whatever. I don't make it an issue if it's a law, okay, and they want to obey it, okay. Then I I take it from making a chin strap and I put it up on my nose. Right. But what they don't know is I poked a, you know, the I use the ones with the little ribs. So I poked a hole in it anyway. And the one fold kind of hides the hole, but I get, breathe fresh air. I don't have to breathe my own carbon oxide. It's not a good thing to do anyway. No, it isn't. Not at all. Wow. It's, uh, well, you know, with me, I, I tend to be sometimes kind of clumsy. And why do I want to go ahead and continue to bring, breathe my own um, carbon oxide and get, fuzzier-headed, and more clumsy, I don't need to multiply that fact. I need to stay away from that. I need fresh oxygen all the time. All of us do.
0: Right. Well, you know, it's interesting because in my workplace, you know, we we have to mask. The staff has to mask. The patients don't. And uh, the thing that uh, is is weird is that, you know, there are tons of good masks out there, Um, M95, N95 masks that uh, have a little respirator in them. That are perfectly safe because there's carbon filters that keep your breath, uh, uh, the air coming in and going out uh, safe. And they they have regulated it so that we can't wear those masks. We have to wear those surgical masks. And those are the ones that, huh. you know, your the CO2 backs up in and you're breathing it in all day long, you know. And I, I half-jokingly kid around with my coworkers and I said, don't you worry, because in about 10 years there's going to be a commercial on TV that says – were you part of the COVID nineteen? <laughs> did, did you have to wear one of those masks? You may have breathed in your sick. own air and, and, made, and made yourself sick. So call us at so and so Attorneys at Law, and we'll get you started on a lawsuit.
2: This you is a Sharpie Doodle and lawyer, and yeah, and we'll get you on a lawsuit. Yep, you're so right. That seems to be what happens, you know.
0: Yeah, but uh,
2: you know they they don't want to give
0: people credit for knowing what's right. You know, now I know that an N95 mask is a heck of a lot better than what they're forcing us to wear. You know, it would allow me to breathe better. It would (laughs) allow for that, you know, the exhalation and stuff like that. What
1: kind of mask are you wearing, Dave?
0: The regular surgical mask, like you saw on MASH. Really? Yeah. And they're uncomfortable around the
2: ears. What kind are you wearing, Eric?
1: What's that? What kind are you wearing? Well, uh... (laughs) I'm not wearing wearing one. I I live in a state of uh, freedom. Yeah. Wow, right.
2: really? Oh, I yeah, didn't know.
1: You that. get you get the choice of whether you want to wear it or not and you uh, are not denied access into a business because of it. So Yeah.
0: Well, you oh, should wow. see it. You should see it here, man. It's it's hilarious because um a few weeks ago or a couple weeks ago, uh we were at uh, uh Costco and they made you wear a mask in Costco. They even gave them to you. And um so we decided we're going to go um, get something to eat at Costco. They were—they have a limited menu now, but at least it's something. And we're standing in line, and, you know, I'm still not used to this six-foot thing. I don't know if I'll ever be used to it. But we're standing there, and there's this Asian gal in front of us. I don't know, Vietnamese or something. And I guess we were standing five foot, five inches away from her. She knew, she, huh? And she turned around, and she looked. and Boy, did she give me a look. Well, I gave her a look right back, but... You know, and, and to keep with the policy, I, you know, I did scoot back little by little till we got to the six foot, and then we had to move up anyway. But anyway, um, and then, you know, and I'm walking around the corner of another store the other day without a mask because I refuse to wear them if I don't have to go to go into stores or something. And, and I, I turned a corner, a very large sidewalk, you know, probably 20 feet from the building to the, uh, um, you know, to the parking lot pavement. And a woman and her two daughters are walking there. And she pulls her daughters to the side to get behind her, like I'm a leper or something in old Israel, (laughs) you know. And I wanted to say something, but you know what? She was just looking out for her kids, and she's confused, and she's following the narrative that she believes is right.
1: So I can't. Some of it's some of it's spiritual, I think, because I I've noticed it seems like uh, not that everybody is, but it seems like some people really follow the media propaganda. Yeah. And even at work, yeah. you know, most people aren't wearing a mask, but then there's just, just some people that are just adamant that they wear them. And you know what? That's that's your choice. You certainly can. Yeah. Uh, as long as you know you don't make me feel bad for not wearing one. Mm-hmm. When you but, go
2: when you go into the uh, in Detroit area, I'm I'm sorry, Eric. I not mean cut off.
1: Go ahead. Well, just what my I thought I was going to finish was is um I you know I think more and more people are realizing. This thing is kind of a scam. Yeah. I you exactly. know, I, I don't you know, initially I thought, oh, this is this is bad, but um I do think like I, I mentioned on one of the other shows that the difference seems to be the implementation of five G technology yeah. in the areas that are that were heaviest hit. Uh huh. But you get outside of that, then this virus doesn't seem to have the effect. That it did, like in Wuhan, where they have widespread 5G implementation. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and everybody's 5G is obviously the replacement for 4G data technology, but um, and we can go into, you know, as to why that makes a difference, but it seemed that affected Wuhan and it also affected Italy as well because they had 5G. technology implemented as well yeah they also have a large larger older population so they were seem to be more affected but here in the united states we don't have widespread 5g implementation yet so i think well, it's, you,
2: you don't there, but we do on the east coast and a little bit a little bit on the west coast but mostly it's all concentrated on the east coast yeah but that's, that's all actually
1: all. where you saw the majority of the cases though yep you yep, saw the majority exactly. in that's new york and that's, that's where they, they have some 5g there and i know that um North to have Jersey, certain Buffalo. cities on the west coast. Yeah. So
2: because yep. of the Great Lakes being connected, we're just as much as like on the east coast. So we have yep. just as much um, um, Wi Fi in our area. And you know, to compare this to the idea that uh, just as in the days of Noah, so should the coming of the Son of Man be, there was massive pollution back in those days. But what we're finding out now, remember when we had, um, I think it was when we had Ralph Epperson on, or no,
0: Jonathan Gray.
2: I forget. Who it was we had on a program, maybe it was Jonathan Gray. Um, they were stating that um, that the pyramids on top were rebuilt after the flood, but everything that was down below was before the flood. And so they were just re-reposting on these intersecting grid lines of so electromagnetic grid lines around the that surrounds the Earth. They were putting these things back up. So what it was showing that. They remembered these certain locations. Well, what we're finding out now is underneath all the pyramids, underneath all of the areas where these grid lines were, underneath the pyramids, there's pools and lakes or streams of mercury. The mercury is used as a receiver, and the pyramids were used as a global Wi-Fi system, huh. the same dark blasted thing that existed back then. Is here now. The whole world, God says, was polluted. Well, it wasn't polluted in the way that we're thinking of industrial pollution. It was polluted with this same kind of infestation. So, just as in the days of Noah, social, the coming of Son of Man, we're just faced with the same kinds of situations, technologies that existed then that were doing damage then that are doing damage now. Maybe enhancing it more on a genetic basis. You know, uh, who knows how they're tampering and creating a further frankenstein effect on a lot of this stuff but um you know it's it's there it's designed to eliminate according to agenda 21 six and a half billion people have to be eliminated so that they're going to be happy with a 500 million population that they can manage and control and mainly just use this as uh grunts to their global empire um well you know
0: a couple of weeks ago um I might, yeah I think it was a couple of weeks ago I did kind of a solo show I was up one late one night and it was about um the 5G and stuff like that and um <laughs> and I just totally forgot what I was going to talk about um but um it's uh I hate when this happens folks you know Jim and I are are kind of getting up there in years and every once in a while this this kind of happens but um uh I'll just I'll just defer until a later time when I can remember it and write this is it just down.
2: happening this is happening to a lot of people everywhere. Some of us are more sensitive to some of this stuff that's being shot through the airwaves than others. But uh I say that it isn't just me getting old. I've seen twenty year olds struggling with the same kind of thing. I mean, this is stuff that you got Monsanto, you got your uh, chem um, sprays, everything is working against us to, to destroy our short-term memory. Um, many of these di- different things are affecting that. So, oh, oh, you oh. know, it's not just old age.
0: Yeah, it was the injection thing. It was um, Bill Gates. Uh, now, <clears throat> I, I cannot make the connection, and I beg the people that listen to that show, to, if anybody could make the connection to get to me. But, um, and, and I know that we've gone round and round or, you know, talked about this. Um, about whether the, uh, 1917 flu was actually a virus or if it was a, um, meningi- meningi- uh, meningococcal, excuse me, um, infection. And, you know, I guess that debate will go on because we can't go back in time and actually get a copy of the, uh, what was infecting everybody. But anyway, um, so, um, that being the case, you know, Bill, the guy that was doing the injections, back then in Fort Riley Kansas before the soldiers were going over to uh to you know to fight in World War 1 um was uh, Frederick L Gates and um I find that kind of interesting and uh, I cannot find a connection between him and Bill Gates whether there's a genetic line or anything like that but I find it also really funny that somebody a 100 years ago was injecting people that could have been the precursor to the the Spanish what they call the Spanish flu um, and now we have a, a, a modern Gates that is um, proposing an a, um, a inoculation, so to speak, or an immunization that is supposed to that's going to supposed to get rid of this uh, this virus. And um, it, it's just weird that, you know, this is how he's probably going to do it. I mean, he was talking in that video we were looking at that you posted, Jim. I give you credit. <laughs> um, Uh, He he was talking about a vaccination that would target that part of the brain that would actually kill that part of the brain that causes people to be religious, you know. But, you know, things like that can always go awry. Uh, Injections have done that. I mean, you know, the flu injection is, you know, something we can talk about another (laughs) time probably. But and we have talked about it, actually. But, um, you know, it it does no good. You know, they never know what strain it's going to fight, what strain is going to be out there. I think there's only like a 20 percent chance that they're ever going to get it right. And uh, and then all the crap that or excuse me, the garbage that's in it, you know, the mercury and the fetal cells and everything else that's in it. Why you got to put fetal cells in a vaccination? You know, why you got to do that unless it's to manipulate our DNA in one way or another? You know, um, but, you know, this this snake uh, Gates is um, he's planning on. Getting rid of us because that's what he thinks is the problem. Like you said, there's too many people living on Earth, you know, and we got to get rid of them, like the Georgia Guidestone says, and that, that's going to include killing about seven billion people, you know. Now we see in Revelation that that happens. It's always because of a star falling into the sea or or something like that. But that, you know, who's to say that's not a metaphor for, you know, some kind of um, device that mankind makes that wipes out, you know, a third of a third of the population of the earth, because that's what it says. Um, so anyway, it's it's just curious that, you know, that we had somebody 100 years ago that, that did something that um, could have been what wiped out, you know, what did they say, upwards of 100 million people uh, back to, during uh, 1916, through 19, 1916 through 1918, I think. And some guy that wants to make a vaccination now that hasn't been proven, hasn't been tested, hasn't even been formulated yet. And um, and who knows what else he's going to put in it? You know, Nancy Pelosi's constantly talking about tracking biomarkers, tracking, you know, and I'm like, oh, man, you know, you're, you're giving it away. You're giving away your plan and telling what you're going to do. And nobody's listening to it. Nobody like it. But people like us, you know, and I don't know, you guys, my prayer is that people start waking up, you know, and start looking for the catch words. Start looking for, uh, you know, like. Markers. My goodness. Uh, Remember a few years ago we were talking about uh, that there's some people had red dots on their mailboxes and others had a different color and and stuff like that. That's a marker. That is a marker.
2: Um, You know, I I don't doubt that. So systemic racism would be a marker then, wouldn't it? Sure it would. Yep. Yep. Go with that. Well, this is a new word that's being used now that they have to get rid of systemic racism in America.
1: Uh huh.
2: Okay, so you look up it's basically a medical term. It's meaning that you know, like um, it's the entire some, body. Some kind of an infection that gets into your blood system and then and it it, it it affects your entire body. Right. So it's just, uh senescent. But Systemic, yeah. Systemic. It's system-wide, so,
0: basically, is what it is.
2: So yeah. it's something, you know, that lurks. It's in the shadows. It's in the background, but it's always there. And it's, you know, affecting, you know, an entire people, a nation or, or whatever. So um, this is a new accusations against... I guess pretty much white America, but let's just say America in general. It's 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 indirectly pointing at at, at whites, but um, they're not. Most cases, boldly just come out and blaming white America, but but they but they are, and it's almost like uh, they're trying to create. And this is a typical communist play that they always do. Whatever uh, hurts or fears or angers. Uh, of a di- the, those that feel disenfranchised, they will play on that and build it up and blow it up um, and make it into something that you know isn't even really there. In our case in America, um, there were several different things that happened that, that changed. One of them, you know, a Republican minister uh, by the name of uh, Martin Luther King started peacefully protesting for civil rights which um you know everything he said and did it was it was nonviolent it was correct uh-huh. and it was about time you know something peacefully was spoken up at the same time you had the other guy uh, wearing the big x malcolm x burn baby burn and you know and just coming right out saying you know we need to kill all whites um but he was never went down in history too much as being a racist people still wore his x caps you know i see him in the hood all the time you know and people wear their x and so the the southerners used to say okay um if you wear your x i'll wear my x and i wear the stars and bars right. so same kind of a, a so in that way i would say yeah there's a little bit of an undertone that's always been there but these are usually the few that are already pretty much radical and somewhat prejudice anyway um it's never been a majority and well i should say it's never been a majority since the time the new world order really blew it they didn't realize how much they blew it and that's when they uh in the vietnam war now i i was uh i was in the army in 69 and 70. so this is something that I, i experienced firsthand but the thing is that during that war for the first time in our nation blacks and whites uh, a lot of the underclass uh, whites and blacks served in the same units. Uh, armies, our military had always been segregated, separate units. This time we were all fighting um, in the same trenches, in the same foxholes, in the same jungles, same rice paddies. Um, they you know, we would, a uh, white would save a black's life, a black would save a white's life. What we they call it was a, a band of brothers. I mean, when you, Go through combat together with a person, you find all of a sudden all the racial barriers are, are broken. Um, you have a almost like a, what a Christian kind of a, a camaraderie of koinonia relationship develops with any combat soldiers that come together. Their life is forever bonded together. And so it broke all the racial barriers. And so even after the war, people would look each other up. Hang out with each other if they were local, um even plan vacations and trips so they could see their old buds from the war, you know black and white, and guess what started happening
0: they started
2: falling they started falling in love with each other's yep. families because they loved them, and so they loved the rest of their family and after decades and decades, I don't know one white family. I, I really don't. And, and I can only speak for Michigan that's local here, but I don't know of one white family that doesn't have a black in their family. Mm-hmm. And guess what? They're not, they're accepted or rejected based on their character, not on their color. Right. And that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so in my family, I got one guy who's a jerk, but you know what? I don't care what color he is. He's a jerk. I got right. another one. This guy's, this guy's a gem, man. He's, he honors and loves his, his, uh, uh, my relative, the, the white gal, and uh, I, being a minister, other family members come up to me. Well, Jim, what do you think? And I said, Well, how does he treat her? He said, well, what, what could you ask for anything more? Right. God, would you rather have a, a white guy that thinks he's just got a trophy wife and treat her like crap? This guy treats her like gold, man. No, yeah, I, you exactly. know, this is cool. It's great. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the way it should be, and it's the way it's been. So, the systematic, systemic crap is is blown out of proportion garbage that might have existed at one time and i won't deny that it didn't but it certainly is not in reality now until uh we had eight years of obama right he tried to undo everything that it was ever done as far as race relations Mm -hmm. fortunately here in detroit i think for a lot of different reasons um, one of them I'd like to think that you know this this guy's pecked away here and there for forty some years trying to preach unity had a ministry similar to uh, uh, Elijah similar to John the Baptist trying to reconcile father to son son to father and, and denomination to denomination he's always preached and proclaimed peace matter of fact, his ministry is called peacemakers uh, uh pastor. Steve Upshur. Now, he's just pecked away a little bit here, a little bit there, a little bit there. But he's been doing it for like 40 some years, bringing black ministers, white ministers together, forming coalitions, forming group you know, projects, evangelistic outreaches and everything. He's woven a good community for a long time. Now, his ministry's never been big. It's always stayed small. It's always been in a little tiny neighborhood in the the inner city of Detroit. Um, But you're doing that steadfastly for 40 some years. You build up a whole lot. You know, that starts adding up to a lot of people. Yeah. And and uh, and I, I told him just the other day, I said, Steve, do you realize that this is about what's going on in Detroit is part of validation of your ministry of your whole life of attempt? And he kind of looked at me puzzled. I said, well, think about it all. the You've stayed a little ministry, but you have ministered to a lot of people. That guy cannot go anywhere in this city without somebody say, hey, see, what's up, man? He, I mean, anywhere. I don't care. Anywhere in this city. Somebody knows him. Well, he has helped bring a unity Black and white in Detroit. Now we had, uh, we got a mayor who's a Democrat, who's an awesome mayor. He's also been one. He doesn't care what you believe, what you think or what you want to do. If you want to make Detroit again, he's all aboard and, you know, come on, let's pitch in. I'll help you out. Let's, let's make Detroit great again. <laughs> so he's kind of a, uh, Mayor Dugan is kind of a, a, a Trump on the other scale, but he has the same desire to build up, rebuild and make Detroit uh, a center of commerce and trade again and he's been very effective in it and we got a new police chief uh, a, a black guy um, when i first heard he got hired he was hired in it for two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year for a police chief are you kidding me that's outrageous i'll tell you what within one year that guy proved that he was worth every penny that we paid him this guy took the detroit police he says look all this kickback stuff all this corruption i hear about it black or white i don't care you're out of here I'll give you a chance to get out of the system if you're going to be square, if you're going to be a person that's going to uh, serve and protect because that's what you're going to do if you're going to do it in my police force. Otherwise, you're out of here. I don't right. care who you are. So Within a few years, man, he whipped up the Detroit police to be um, an awesome group of people. He fired a lot of people, um, white and black, because they were slackers, because they were crooked, and he wasn't going to have a dirty police force. Right. He cleaned it up. He also made um made them become and got a lot of new people who really wanted to protect and serve which is what they're supposed to do Mm -hmm. and so not only that but he started developing good community relations with everybody uh the police they loved the police the police loved them they're look we are the man now so it see i I come up i come from um it was kind of a, a hibbly hood but it was still a hood and it's still a, a, a section is disenfranchised people nobody wants anything to do with them nobody you're the last one to get anything for anybody from anyone so you kind of you kind of protect yourselves and each other so you stay away from the man because the man is so what he was able to do with the police partners is says, look we we are the man you we we don't have to protect yourselves from us so you've got to come forth if you saw something in the neighborhood Speak it out, okay? We're trying to we're trying to serve you, but you if you're not going to help yourself, if you're going to stick to this old cultural thing of of not letting the police know anything, then we're not going to be able to help you. So he got over that hump, and so the community works with the police, the police work with the community, great relations, and because of that, at least in Detroit, that's why nobody burnt anything down yet. We've had agitators and they've tried, but people aren't buying it. Not in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Because of the good community relations, because I think efforts of Steve, uh, uh, police chief, and uh, the the mayor, just a lot of good people in good in the right places, and doing the good things to make a community that really cares about one another. So yeah. I think that's why you know we haven't had the burning looting. But man, look at everywhere else. It's just and it, it's <laughs> an, when is enough enough? I mean, when they were originally protesting, okay, the one cop. Um, he was only going to get, um, third degree murder, which I guess that really pans out to a misdemeanor. Yeah. You know, he could have just got a slap on the wrist. Uh, I'm sorry. No. If, if that was even real, it was an atrocity and right. it needs to be accountable. And so they upped it to second degree murder with possible charges of first degree murder if it could be proven. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Hey, you, 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 protested, you got it. So why are you still doing this?
1: Right. Right, you justice know, is being things? served.
2: Yeah, it's being served. So it is it the go. system is working. Because there's a bigger picture to it. This has all been planned. My right. God, did you know that the guy that they filmed in the that was standing on the guy's neck was a professional actor? Yeah. Yeah, tech taxicab yeah. confessions. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he was a professional actor.
1: Crisis but actor is what we call people, it.
2: Some of the people that were witnesses. Were witnesses at Sandy Hook. They were witnesses at the um, uh, Boston Marathon bombing.
1: Mm -hmm. You don't say
2: this is no, this is Sandy Hook all over again, man. Some of the badges, uh, some of the pictures that were taken. Right. Don't even add up. The price of gasoline on one picture is from two years ago. I mean, not even anything that was anywhere near what it is now. One of the badges. Now, they were supposed to all be from the same precinct. Yet in one photograph the badges um on there indicate that they're from different ones the license plates on the cop cars are different from photo to photo they right. were using a composite of all kinds of stuff to make this when he when he was originally picked up by the cops there was a van and there was people coming out of the van acting more like military and grabbed him and, and pulled him away mm-hmm. it was not a police vehicle um well,
0: not, not to mention also that the guy that they showed the mugshot of looks not nearly anything like the guy that was in the picture with his. That
1: was in his, the picture. That right. is true. I noticed that as well.
0: Yeah.
2: There's just so many. There's there's one thing. It says 20 questions that need to be answered, and it was 20. These were the 20 questions. So if anybody's listening, you want uh, the links, we, we can send them to you. You know, guys, I got to tell you, I got. I had a Microsoft update three days ago, and when it started, you know, you get used to them. You know what they you know, how the procedure is. This one had a different screen. It had different questions. It had different things. And I'm going, what in the heck is going on here? I said, oh my God, I hope, please, I still, I hope I still got a computer when I'm done. And everything looked okay. Now my computer, the one, the one file that I sent you guys with Bill Gates at the, um, at the DOD uh, meeting. Right. It was gone, and so were two others mm-hmm. out of my computer. They were yep. gone. I couldn't find them anywhere. That doesn't surprise uh, me. Then today I went and I wanted to look up um, the claims of some of these claims that that the whole thing with um, uh, what's his name, George Foster, was fake. And I'm wanting to look at it. And as soon as I went to look at it, my screen went blue. It said. Um, your PC has reached a conflict, and we have to repair this. Please stand by. And so it went through a whole thing. It, 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 it did like a self-repair analysis. It took a while, and then the screen went blank. Then it rebooted, and everything's back to normal again. I did that three or four different times. The same thing happened every time. So it's almost like this thing is scolding me. If I want to go and research or look at certain things, I can't do it. It shuts down. Man, some, right. something's gotten to my computer. Now I haven't done a, I haven't set it back to a former date to see if I can undo it or whatever. But that's my next thing I'm going to try to do when I get to time. It's just, right. it's insane. Right. So all this stuff's going on. I got, you know, I I got kicked off of, um, I lost all my channel on, on uh, YouTube, mm-hmm. YouTube because I'm picking on poor Hitler. Shame on me. You know, and I went through the rebuttal system and everything, and, and they said, no, no, your content is not, you know, good for kids to watch. Oh, but they can watch porn, but they can't watch, um, the evils of Adolf Hitler. Right. Um, you know, the, the fact that he did die, he didn't get, you know, sneak away to the, uh, to, uh, Argentina. He died according to the scriptures. And I hear all the scriptures to prove it. He was going to be the firstborn of his kind using all the Frankenstein stuff they were developing. And, um, he was going to be the firstborn of his kind, a firstborn of his, you know, like a mockery of the same, and opposite of what Christ did. So those got all taken away. Now I cannot not use this engine and go anywhere that has anything to do with Nazis time travel. um, Even some of the Hollywood stuff, it's just like, that is what they had a problem with. That's what they don't want the public to know. Just like what you're doing now with, you know, we post things on Facebook one day and the next thing, you know, fact checks got a gray screen over it. This is not true and blah, blah, blah. Oh, I got my second warning. Strike three, I think I'm out. I'm getting ready to be booted off of Facebook now. <laughs> so I heard there's this me, we thing I'm going to go over to yet. So, I mean, they're shutting us down everywhere. What happened? You got kicked out of uh, off of um Twitter.
1: Yeah, I got kicked off yeah. of
2: Twitter. And Eric, how how are you doing, man? You still around? Okay? No, you lost one, You lost your yeah, YouTube.
1: Yeah, my my YouTube is done. Um, That's
2: because it had my videos
1: on there, huh? Yeah, I had I videos. So yours first, it was um uh, they would uh either cut out um certain well actually they turned down the sound in certain yep. parts of the videos and then they would actually cut out audio completely and then they just started banning every video until it completely got knocked off. So um. So yeah, I actually don't even you know, believe it or not, I don't even I, I do have Twitter, but I don't leverage it very hard. Uh, I probably should maybe. Um but well, it's a good I, format I,
0: to learn things on. You know, yeah, I mean I I do
1: read it from the for the sake of learning things, like praying medic and stuff like that. Um yeah. I, I don't post a lot of stuff on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Now I do still use Facebook and actually I've been relay relaying a lot of Q QAnon stuff um through that. And I haven't got anything from Facebook yet, but oh, we'll see.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm a turkey at Thanksgiving, dude. I'm I'm ready to I
1: go. Know. <laughs> I know. Well, in the last, in the you're a big posting, target.
2: the last I didn't I didn't help out much either. Just so what I did was I they uh they said well let me fact check your fat checker uh and I I put the article on there that uh, uh Zuckerberg had hired a Muslim Brotherhood. Um, woman to be the lead of of the independent fact fact checking. Oh,
1: speaking yeah. of that, speaking of that, um, so this whole Minneapolis thing, you know, they want to defund and actually disband now. Oh, uh, yes. The council actually voted unanimously to disband the police, which is total insanity. But now what they want to do is come up with a different uh, federal, a federal, a federal federal force of some kind, interest. which yes. is interesting. But they're going to use uh, Black Black Lives Matters, and then they're going to they're gonna use um, the Council for Islamic Relations as part of this uh, ah. <laughs> group. And I thought, why would you bring a religious group into this that they have no business being in this? I mean, you're not going to bring any other, other religious group into that. And then they want to force the police officers to carry insurance right uh, now. For for all this stuff when Personal all this stuff happens, concerns, right. personally liability. So now that's on them to carry. I mean, right. where's all that money going to go to? Into somebody's so, pocket. So the so the criminals can start suing the cops. Right, exactly. <laughs> See, they can make money that way,
2: and well, now yeah, they also socialism. You got to get a source of money some way, and
1: if, yes, <laughs> so got to get your cut. You got to be oh. a middleman somewhere. Well, Someone's got to get that's a the cut. Truth. Yeah, but. Uh, Supposedly, the um, Floyd family is actually calling for the UN um, to actually intervene uh, in the U.S., which I thought was interesting as well. So well, see,
2: look well, at birds of a feather that are flocking together. These are all
1: insane. people
2: want to bring down the United States, the the old United States. Uh, um, they want to destroy it, dismantle it, every you know every piece and part of it. They want to make a revised history that never existed and as justification for, um, you know, the cultural change or, or whatnot. And it's just,
1: you know, I, I, think they, I think they want to get rid of the police just for, this, for the sake of, the, you know, these police are going to have to go in and arrest all these people at some point. You know, these mass arrests that eventually come, I'm sure they'll play a part in that. So why not? try to eliminate that mechanism out of the gate. You know, yeah. I'm sure that's well, part she, of it Lily as well. And
0: Omar, you know, that's in her oh, district, man. if I'm not mistaken. And uh, she'd yeah. love it if the police couldn't come in and get her. Well, the federal police can go, well, not federal police. There are no federal I, I, police, but I, they can go in and get her. I would,
1: I would love to know the percentage of people in the United States with, that would actually want to disband the police completely.
0: No. I don't think. Well, we wouldn't
2: idea. want to do it in Detroit because we love our police in Detroit.
1: Um, well, I just, I, you know, it, d- does the majority actually think this way? I, I, I have a hard time believing that. I don't think so. That. No, I don't right. think it's so. It's impossible. It can't. No, it's, it, it, it's just insane. It, it. Well, it, it, they were. Someone had asked the the council, uh, the city council in Minneapolis, well, if you just the police, what am I supposed to do if someone breaks into my house? And their response: You just need to check your privilege. That was their response to the person Check getting your robbed. Privilege. What does that mean? It, it's, it's complete insanity. They have, they have literally lost their minds. Huh. You, know, I was, I mean, uh, you talk a complete reprobate mindset. Wow. It's insane.
2: I was 17 year old uh, when the Detroit riots broke out. And, uh, you know. I can't help it. I kind of feel like a Jew just before two days before Kristallnacht in Germany in 1938. Yeah, really? Um, it's the same. It's the same kind of thing. Um, there were agitators. You know, people don't reach a mob mentality unless they're frenzied into it, until they're emotionally, you know, um, coached into it or, or, you know, led into it. And uh, there were there were uh, communists. I mean, they they were black, but they were they were communist agitators that were trying to rile everybody up and get them going to riot. And the next thing you know, after they're rioting, then they start looting their own stores in their own neighborhoods. That just was insane. But there was a long buildup. This didn't just happen overnight. This was there was a progression of protests that became more violent, more volatile Um and it built up to this. And it was like, you know, this wasn't anything connected with Martin Luther King. Not and not at all. But there were other pro- protests in the civil rights movement that were not, they were violent. And the violence continued and continued. And it built up until the next, you know, cities are on fire. New York, Chicago, um, yeah, Los North Angeles.
0: Yeah, Malcolm and Hue- Huey Newton. Yeah. And,
2: yeah. Yep. Yep. But, um... The Black Panthers. Yeah. And so, you know, I mean, those were, You know, pretty traumatic times, but I see the patterns already starting again. You know, it's like, okay, you you were protesting for certain issues. Those issues have been met. Why are you still protesting? Because it's a big story because of systemic racism. No, it doesn't exist. It's easily Mm -hmm. provable, just like a lot of other things in our history are easily provable. If. Oh, man. What time is it? Yeah, I guess we should start getting into this part anymore. History is is being revised to the point where I saw a commercial a few days ago, and it was an anti-Trump commercial. And um, they were – in this commercial, they started out – it was pretty much asking questions as to why um, the Confederacy and the southern states still had – the stars, the stars and bars, they were trying to make it look like uh, and compare it to the Nazi flag, that it was a sign of hate. It was a sign of um, slavery, of uh, contempt to the way the black person perceived it. And um, why? Is, so why is it still being flown today? And then they show a Trump rally with the Confederate flags flying around. That's what it's all about. It's to make sure that he doesn't get reelected next year. They are terrified of it. They right. see they're losing their grip. The COVID uh, thing didn't work. Now they're playing the race card, and now they're trying to revise history. And uh, there's some common sense things that that don't make sense. I guess the scriptures say that by uh, you'll know them by your their fruit. Well, you'll know a situation by the fruit. What what produced and what happened out of it. Um, we're told all throughout history, and I mean, I sat there and cried when I watched the movie Roots in the 70s, Um, and this was, you know, right about the time when the Vietnam War was winding down, where where this camaraderie had already taken place, and so many of us experienced that, and you get a feeling for what people went through, but that was actually a revisioned history that did not, did not happen. Right. Can you hear me? Oh, I'm going to be called a racist after this one. I'm not. I'm a realist. I understand the Bible tells me that I can understand things by their fruit. You're going to tell me that, okay, first off, the Ivory Coast, and it's funny, the Issachar, I believe, are the Ivory Coast um, people that live along the Ivory Coast. And there's a prophecy about Issachar stooping down, but then he becomes a a workhorse or a servant. Uh, But uh, ultimately... For people people that don't know, tell them who Issachar was. Issachar is one of the twelve tribes of Israel. Right. And yep. Moses and um, Jacob both had prophesied over uh, the twelve tribes separately. But combined, when you look at both prophecies, it kind of tells their temperament or who they're inclined to be as a tribe. And then also what their future is going to be in the last days. And so. With Issachar, it suggests that they would be used as a workhorse, but they would be uh, brought to to, uh, freedom in the end. That's got to be the slaves of the Ivory Coast. But anyways, um, when... And how they were taken as slaves was usually they had wars amongst themselves along the Ivory Coast and they would sell, you know, the victor got to keep everybody as slaves and slavery was, slavery was something that was known in the time of Jesus. Jesus didn't tell slaves to go and protest and rebel against the Romans and set yourself free. The, the, um, what were they called? The zealots, um, did that and one of them started chanting crucify him to, to, get their eyes off of him because he was going to be put to death and get it on, uh, Jesus. So Jesus never said to go and do that. He said to the, to the slaves to be honorable servants and that in time they would grow up to glorify, uh, me, the Lord. And <clears throat> so slavery is an issue that Jesus addressed. And, and it, Let's say it inherently it's it's wrong for any human being to own another human being. That that's just inherently wrong. I think I think all of us that we have any sense of some kind of morality, we got to know that that's just wrong, and it should never been. Right. Yet it's been plagued part of the sin nature of man all throughout our history. So in America, though, okay, they were sold into slavery by their own people, and then the slave traders bring them over to our shores in America. Chains, whips, you know, they got to beat in into submission because they're under duress. They're being brought over, you know, not willingly or anything. But then once they got permanently established somewhere, of all places, all these slaves are going to the Bible Belt. Why is it called the Bible Belt? Because most of the people were um, apparently Christians to one level or another. Now here's the interesting thing: Did all of these owners of slaves whip and beat them? I don't think so, no. That's what history portrays though, and oh, you know yeah. who started you know who started that rumor after the Civil War, after the Emancipation Proclamation, and after it looked like uh, the separation of states and everything it looked like there was going to be war, and then there became war. You've got to demonize your enemy in order to get your people to fight them. Mm-hmm. So you know what the northern troops did? They they took out, you know, most people that are pet owners, almost everybody loves and adores their pets and spoils them and dresses them up. And uh, Dave, I know you can relate to that with your little fur puppies. And, right, uh, right. So but every now and then you get some idiot that sits there and tortures the stupid pets and is mean to them. That's not unfortunately common although it seems to be more prevailing today than ever before but right i mean it's something that is not common well they are doing what the agitators today the communist agitators are doing they had to demonize their enemies so they're pointing out a few cases going oh look what look what they're doing to the slaves down there in the south they're they're beating and whipping them and, and abusing them now just plain darn common sense is that if you've got um uh a mule that's treading out and plowing your field, you're not going to beat it. You're going to, you're going to maintain it, properly make sure that it's fed, that it's, it's strong, that it's a, a good piece of equipment. Now I hate, now, I, again, I'm saying, well, you can slave, even say that about employees, Jim, you, well, know, that's if you what care I'm saying. about that, them, you take that, care of them, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. that's what I'm saying. So just even on a business level, you're going to take care. You You want to produce and manufacture and grow. Well, you have to take care of your labor force to keep. You don't even necessarily, you know. I'm not even saying that they're going to be happy, you, but you you maintain them as you would maintain a piece of machinery. That's terrible. I think it's very condescending. Even the attitude that they had was very condescending. But you know, here's here's people that by their own choice they rather enjoyed a harmony, and balance of nature, or whatever. By their own choice, they didn't progress into technology or anything because they didn't want it. They had a culture that enjoyed pretty weird voodoo and stuff like that. But, I mean, they, they had a culture that wanted to be simple and stayed simple. But we looked at it as, well, maybe they're not smart enough to know how to be anything other than, you know, s- still living in dirt floors and mud huts and chucking spears. So we had this condescending attitude towards them. But in the Bible Belt, I I have my ex-wife. Her family was rich. They lived in Kentucky. They had a mansion. They had fields. They, they raised um, horses and sipped on mint juleps and wore their white uh, suits and had their little um, straw hats on. Um, I read a letter from 1863, I think it was, and it was from her great-great-grandmother. And the letter was saying, why are those Yankees lying and saying that we're beating our, I'll say the N-word because I don't even want to say it. It's kind of like the F-word. You just don't want to say it because it's just something you just don't want to say. So right. I won't say it. Right. So so he referred to, you know, he says, well, we love our ends. We wouldn't yeah. hurt them. My God, when we when we lead them to Jesus and they've got the gospel, they are the happiest. They're like our own little babies. We love our babies. We we are so happy. They're but because they're happy and they're they're um they're happy. They work and they're just full of joy. And some of them really have talents. But we bring them in the house and they're like part of the family. We love them. Why would we want to beat them? And when I looked at that, I go, My God, this is. How can you explain? Now, that has to be true. This isn't blown up. I'm not trying to reconstruct history. I'm trying to show what real history is. How come part of black culture from the South has embraced Christianity? I mean, they've got gospel songs. Um, I've got them in my Three Frog series, Uh, you know, some of the old songs that they sang that the slaves sang, but they were Christian songs, giving glory to God, Right. and they're slaves. Now, if they were beating them, the last thing you're going to do on this planet is embrace their religion. Right. As a matter of fact, you're going to hate their religion because it's a religion I hate that has made you, you know, beaten and abused or whatever. No, they embraced it. Because, and you know, at the end of the war, you know, a lot of slaves stayed working with the, the slave owners, even though now they were actually going to get paid for it. Right. They didn't want to leave their family. They wanted to stay with them. Mm-hmm. You don't hear that part too much but but so the but the the thing is common sense the culture that they embraced of Christianity was because their owners treated them very i mean they owned them that's wrong, and so they were condescending, yeah, thinking they're little babies, some of them wanted to strive to get independence and free that's why during the Civil War, a lot of blacks left the the um uh mansions and places for freedom so they could be an equal right. i i know if i was a slave i'd do the same thing but somebody's going to offer me you know uh freedom <laughs> okay i'll tell you hey mom dad um family i love you but you know what I, i'm i'm gonna leave right. i'm gonna leave i <clears throat> kiss you on the cheek goodbye um i'll make it up to you i i'm sorry i'm leaving but i want to be equal i want to be free And some of them just didn't do that, but a lot of them did that, and and it was a mutual respected thing, and they left and fought against them, but they wanted to be free. I would have done the same thing. I think anyone would have. Um, Freedom is just something we all desire and aspire to have, and we all should have. And so the very fact that, that the black culture had embraced Christianity proves they were not abused. They were treated... Well, they weren't equal. Everybody wants to be equal, and they should be equal. And that's what they had to strive for. And unfortunately, it took maybe 120 years after that to start actualizing it and realizing it. But it was finally coming to a reality after the Vietnam War. Um, And then the New World Order saw it. They had to use every tactic to divide it up. There's when Obama came on the scene. And now we've got agitators just like before doing the same things again, what the North did to the South. Now the things kind of reversed. Um, it, like Ecclesiastes, uh, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. It's all been done before. And I'm sure that in many other countries and many other ethnic groups or um whatever, the same experiences, the same horrendous things at the end of the war. And this is what really gets me when I see when I see them toppling um, Robert E. Lee's statues, and you know, like they did with Saddam Hussein or somebody, uh, it just it really grieves me. Um, Robert E. Lee was a born again Christian. He was a slave owner, but he wasn't born again Christian. He didn't even check with Jefferson Davis. <laughs> he 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 set up a meeting with uh, Grant at Apatomax, and he didn't even check with, um, with um, Jefferson Davis and the president to say, hey, can we do this? Because he knew he was going to say no. But he was so grieved seeing that the war was just grinding each side down, killing thousands of people on the battlefield every day. And he saw that it wasn't, you know, they would have eventually won, but how much longer, how much more people have to die? How much do we have to just keep grinding each other into the ground? This needs to stop, and it needs to stop now. So he met with um Grant at the Apotomex, um By his will and his desire, he met him, and he says, look, we can't keep this up anymore. I want to quit. I want to stop. I want to surrender to you, but I have to be sure that you're going to allow us to continue to have a life afterwards. Most of us live off the land. We're farmers. We're, uh, we live off the land and we need our guns. Please don't take our guns away. Let us keep our guns so we can continue to, um, function in society. Otherwise we're going to collapse. And, uh, and he, uh, he adjusted to it. He did. Graham was a pretty honorable guy. He came from a simple background himself, you know, but you know, it's funny. He had, um, Legends of him being, you know, bloodthirsty, but he he really wasn't uh, that kind of a person. Now, the one person that should have got war crimes was General Sherman. A oh, union. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, he believed in total war. Total war meant men, women and children. Well, the women are going to get pregnant, going to have babies. The babies are going to grow up. They're going to kill your child. You know, we kill everybody. We just kill everybody. That's it. Yeah. So they went into Atlanta. He just slaughtered. He massacred women, men and children. He should have been killed accountable for it, And he wasn't. Uh, his statues are all over everywhere. Why? You want to tear down a statue, tear his down. He was a mur- mass murderer. Um, two wrongs don't make a right. And, uh, but Robert E. Lee, no, he surrendered because he didn't want people dying. He wanted to bring life. He did the Christian thing to do. Um, in the, in the conclusions, Grant and Lee both agreed that all of the leaders, all of the Icons, cultural icons, everything would be mutually respected so that history could learn from this, not to repeat the same mistake that that by the Confederacy capitulating to the north. They're accepting the northern terms. They're accepting that that slavery is gone, but they're also accepting their a uh, total reconciliation. They're accepting the union on their terms and the union in kind is accepting them like we did with the Japanese. We didn't come in there and change their culture and demand this and that and the other. We allowed them to survive and we literally loved them back. And now they're one of our strongest allies. Right. And they certainly didn't act like these are people that were deserving that. I mean, they went in to what they did to the Chinese and just mass murdered all of them. Um, now that's happens to be coming back on them but but I mean, you know love always wins out, and that's what that's what grieves me about um Robert E. Lee. He was all about love, he was all about wanting reconciliation um and Grant was kind enough to grant him that, and they settled on the icon so that's why you see the stars and bars as some of the southern state flags, even it's not an insult or an attack on blacks on slavery. It's a sign of reconciliation of two people who had strayed away from the division. Uh, You know, Jefferson Davis himself actually did not want to secede from the union and voted his as a Senator uh, for Mississippi voted against it. Mm -hmm. Um, He was even reluctant, but you know, they caught him two years later. Uh, uh, Well, no, I mean, they caught him right away. when he did catch Jefferson Davis escaped and they caught him, they put him in a, uh, a dank dungeon prison uh in chains he got very sick. They didn't want a martyr on their hands, so they let him loose. But here's the story on this. They didn't they didn't want to martyr, but they didn't want he wanted to go to court. He wanted to have his day in court for war crimes or whatever they were going to charge him because he knew that by the Constitution he had a right to succeed And it was constitutional to succeed. So he wanted his day in court and they wouldn't give it to him. You know why? Because they knew that if he went to court, he was going to win because there was a constitutional provision that what he did was not illegal.
0: That's right. Yeah.
2: So so what they did was they said, "Okay, we're taking your citizenship away. Okay, so they (laughs) took us, so now he's got no home. So he went to Canada, lived there, and it'll become an insurance salesman of all things. Um, But um, he lived there to a ripe old age till, I don't know, 19, uh, or no, uh, 1889, I think is when he finally passed away. But, you know, posthumously, guess who reinstated his citizenship with full honor? Who? This will blow you away. President Jimmy Carter. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah, that a was...
2: Democrat? Mm-hmm. A Democrat. Yeah. Yeah. Why? Systemic racism? No. It was because of the understanding of the importance to keep the North and South bound together with mutual right. respect. So you guys pulling his statue down, how dare you? Someday you're going to stand before Jesus, and you're going to think that you were fighting for power to the people. You were being duped by a bunch of commies into tearing down somebody who really cared about you right sorry that's yeah. the, the real well, history not the revised history
0: <laughs> exactly and and who's to say which judgment they're going to stand at too <laughs> you know uh, the white oh, throne or the, the righteous judgment but uh oh, yeah you know i i went down i lived in north carolina for a brief time about half a year and um you know, I was always told. I grew up in New Jersey and then moved to California. I was told always told there was a lot of racism in the South and and it's pretty bad down there. Now, you know, I was only in one area of the South, so maybe that's true in other areas. But when I lived in North Carolina, I saw a mutual respect between the blacks and the whites. I mean, you had your your, your gung ho redneck that you know. Was,
2: what year? What year was this
0: at? Uh, 2004. Oh, yeah, two, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, you know, you had your gung-ho rednecks that had their I, – I used to be amused because they had their license uh, or a bumper sticker that said the South is going to do it again. And I remember thinking to myself, well, okay, so you're going to start a war that's going to kill a million people or half a million people, and you're going to lose. You're going to do that again? doesn't make any sense to me. But um, anyway, but I remember <laughs> one time, because of what I, I brought up, you know, thinking and indoctrinated at to – um, that when you had two or three black guys standing in a group, that it could be trouble, you know. So I go to, uh, a Wendy's of all places down, down in, uh, North Carolina, uh, in a town I lived in. And, uh, there was, there was three black young, young men standing there, very, very neat, uh, clean, well groomed, you know, looked like perfect members of society. But anyway, I was still wary. And so I remember getting out of my truck going, uh oh. You know, so I walked to the door and I what what happened totally blew my mind because what they did is one of the guys opened up the first door for me and said, let me get that for you, sir. (laughs) And and then the second guy went in and opened up the second door to get in. And he goes, oh, here, let me get that for you, sir. And have a nice day. You know, and I was like, oh, my goodness. You know, it just it made me feel ashamed, first of all, that I was indoctrinated to believe that, you know, I was going to have problems whenever I came in contact with. Uh, more than two uh, black or African-American or black, whatever term you want to use, men. And um, and I don't know. It just it was just weird. And then, um, you know, I, I because I would deliver medications to people, a lot of times the I would I be delivering to like a little old black ladies and stuff. And and oh, what a what a blessing to be around, you know, because they were true Bible believers. They just love Jesus, you know. And, uh, and I did too. So we really hit it off. And then I remembered, uh, Jim, what happened was, um, and Eric, um, what happened was I, I was selling, um, diabetic shoes and, and back then it was a real racket because if a person had Medicare and Medicaid, you know, they could basically get a pair of diabetic shoes for nothing. And we made it, we cleaned up on it. You know, you buy a pair of shoes for $50 and make 350 on it, you know, anyway, um, I was really striking out when I was going to all the ritzy places and everything. And and then I said to myself, you know what, you know, this is the South. Here here I go with my judgments again, right? This is the South, but this one, this one really made sense. So I go to these homes and I go, hey, has anybody been here to, you know, to see if anybody here can use diabetic shoes? No, nobody's ever been here. I'm like, bingo, you know, (laughs) I'm like, okay, (laughs) so. There, there is an element of racism. Nobody wanted the, the, the older blacks to have diabetic shoes. And man, I'm telling you, I would, after that, I just searched out those places and, and I had the most wonderful times with the folks in there, the old folks, you know, because, you know, one was talking to me about how to make um, jam and uh, women, you know, and then a the woman was telling me about how she used to love to make pies and and work or work out in her garden. And I would talk to the old older black men and they, you know, I'd say, how's the fishing down here? Because I like to fish, you know. And, oh, it's good. If you go about two miles down the road, you can catch the biggest catfish you ever see, you know. And I went, oh, really? So we talked for an hour and a half, you know, and I I really should have been moving on to other places, but I got so so engrossed talking with the folks there, you know, that I actually forged friendships with some of the folks in those places. And of course, the ones that ran it, you know, they got a free pair of shoes and it really worked out great. But, you know, the whole mindset that I was brought up to believe in, the, the history that I was taught, you might say, was to fear, you know, and who's the author of fear, it ain't Jesus. Right. It's the That's other side. Sure. It's yep. the other side's the author of fear. And if we start believing the other side, boy, I'm telling you, we're going to live a miserable life and we're never going to trust anybody, you know. And, and part of uh, we're, we're ambassadors for Jesus. We're not just believers. We're ambassadors. And part of an ambassador's job is to reach out to other people and to forge friendships and relationships and to maintain those relationships. So, you know, we got to get over this, you know. Uh, Well, I'm not going over there because they might hurt me. Well, yeah, you know, there's a chance that you might get hurt. It might. There's a chance that maybe the the people that you're going to go talk to, whether they be, you know, African Americans or Hispanics or whatever, have really been burned by whites. You know, maybe they've been indoctrinated to to not trust whites. You know, but the whole thing is to 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 break that barrier, to to overcome that, to make that water going under the bridge, so to speak, and and to forge those new relationships. And, and I and I see it under Trump. I see that, um, man, I you get on Facebook and there's there's more blacks that are on there that, that are talking about they're going to vote for Trump because they see that at least with him, they have a chance. At least with him, he recognizes that they've been downtrodden over the years. They're not, you know, the, the black, I mean, the, excuse me, the, um, the Democrats, what they did is they just extended slavery. You know, they, they turned it into physical, from physical slavery to economic slavery. They said, OK, well, you know, you don't have to work hard for a living. You could just sit back and, and we'll just pay you just to sit back as long as you vote for us. You know, there's well, they, the
2: got a, they got yeah. a system, though, that penalizes you if you try to get out of the system. You exactly. can't get out of the system. Exactly. So you're stuck in it. Or no. if you uh, in, in the hood, what you do is if you want to get, if you're determined to not be in the system, you got to work three, four jobs, part-time right. jobs or whatever you can find. You, and, and that's not uncommon in in um, inner city areas. I came from one. I know uh-huh. people who work two or three jobs, so they don't. They're not in the system, but they got to do that in order to get out. Of, you know, out and above and beyond it. Right. Um, it's hard, but they do it, and they're willing to. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. but the, a lot of that is, you know, the white flight after the 67 riots. That was mm-hmm. uh, that scared everybody so much, I think, um on both sides. So there was a lot of animosity and it was a lot of fear and the fear drove everybody out of the cities. That's why I'm saying that, you know, when people are saying that um this coronavirus targets uh, blacks and Hispanics. No, it doesn't. Because if you look. Who's the majority of people in any major city now? that lives in the city blacks first Hispanics second, unless you're in a border town on Mexico and then it's probably more. Well, Hispanics. you got poor whites too. Yeah, but well, and poor whites, but what's the least amount after white flight in any major city, the white population is probably except for maybe New York and, you know, New Jersey and some of the areas there, but I am saying like Detroit, like Chicago, um, more in midwestern big city towns, St. Louis. Your predominant population is black, then Hispanic, and then a small population of whites. Now, the thing that can easily be provable that it's not targeting non-whites is again a racist profiling. Just because you are white, you think he died, you know, of coronavirus. He died in uh, Bloomfield Hills or Gross Point or some other posh upper state area. No. Look at the guy's address. He came from the same hood that everybody else did, but he's just a lesser population. All the whites that died of, uh, most of the whites that died of COVID, if you look at their addresses, they came from the same packed in sardine. It's environment. It's not, it's environment and culture. It's not race. Right. The the white people that died, died in the bigger cities because it's the environment there that. That did it.
0: And you could take that if you wanted to take it a step further. You could take it to where old people were were um, putting their well, kind of categorized into their own culture too, because just because they they were old, they were shipped to nursing homes, where they didn't belong. And Cuomo did this, and that guy's going to answer for this someday. But, you know, he shipped people that were perfectly well to nursing homes so they wouldn't get COVID, and they ended up getting COVID at the nursing yeah. homes. You know, so isn't that a little bit of let's, – let's call it ageism. It's not racism. It's ageism.
2: Oh, millennials were calling it boomer-doomers. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, that's funny until it's your grandpa and grandma, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I it's funny you mention that because I was, I was up at the uh, doctor's today. I was able to go into the building. Wow, ain't that lucky. Um, So, and I was sitting, I was waiting to get some blood work done, and I was sitting behind a a kid that, you know, I can't help it, but when they have those big earrings in their ears, I want to sing that song. Do your ears hang row? Do they whistle to, do they wobble to and throw? (laughs) And uh, so anyway, uh, you know, I didn't, of course, and I think the guy was transgender or the girl or whatever the case may be. And, uh, and I didn't know why they were waiting there. Maybe they were going to get their blood drawn and, you know, they had something going. But anyway, an old lady came out. She had a walker. And, and I felt so bad for her because he had, he was, he or she, as the case may be, um, was, uh, probably in their maybe mid to late 20s. Uh, I'm just guesstimating. And, uh, so the lady old lady came out and she said, real sweet, you know, hi, you know, you waited for me. Thank you, you know, and, and he just got up, didn't say a word to her, and just started walking down the hallway faster than she was. And every once in a while, he would stop, you know, just to look back and see that she was still moving. I don't even think he was waiting for her to catch up. But I just felt so bad for her because, you know, she's probably the sweetest old lady. She's probably his grandmother, as far as I could ascertain, you know. And no no respect whatsoever, you know, probably just aggravated all get out that he has to take care of her. You know, and man, I just felt so bad for her, you know, and and maybe I felt bad because I, you know, well, I don't think I'm ever going to have that problem because our kids love Jesus and stuff like that. But, um, you know, for those that who, who don't have family that that know the Lord, you know, and are going to have to grow old with these these uh, millennials and whatever that uh, really don't care about them and are just basically waiting for them to die. And that's where that term uh, was a boomer doomer. comes from with it with the virus you know okay well you Mm -hmm. know we'll just wait for him to catch the virus and then die you know and man what did jesus say because iniquity abound will abound the love of many will grow cold and boy do you see that nowadays
2: well you know that's the other thing dave that i think um all this keeping distance keeping distance there there's layer upon layer of mental conditioning the smartphones and the social agendas on the internet has detached a whole generation from personal eye, con- eye contact conversations. So they don't know how to actually have dialogue with, with people. Right. Um, now the next step is to no longer have touching and feeling with one another. By keeping right. your distance, Keeping your di- that distance got in. You have two weeks of over 80 degrees, it's dead. There is no coronavirus anymore. We've had, everybody's lived two, uh, you watch, in two weeks, I'm wondering how they are going to try to embellish any deaths anymore because there isn't going to be any. It's going to finally subside, even with this so-called second wave, and there might be more, um, only because of, uh, uh, well, I I don't think there is going to be any more because it's, even in the protesting, we're doing it in 80-degree or higher weather. These right. things melt in the heat. They melt away. They're, they're gone. It's, it's not coming back. So how they're going to try to perpetuate or keep this, you know, fake stuff up. I noticed in the Detroit area here, they're not giving us how many died today or yesterday or the day before. Everybody's eyes are now focused on the, the race issue. So they're not on the issue of the fact that nobody's dying anymore of any of this. Um, uh, the people that I know in the medical field right now, they're finally getting a break. Whew, wow, you know, yeah, we can um and but but things are you know so faked out, and so many people just believing everything they see on the network news, and with the fact checkers now too it's just it's it's laughable, but sometimes it's just when I heard about Sweden thing, and it's like, my God, this is insanity, this world is is really gotten recently just so crazy and just even personal attacks to everybody that is harbingers of the truth and trying to stand for the truth we're being attacked in every way shape and form physically look at all the kind of weird stuff that happened to you with this crazy rash that happened just out of nowhere right um you know just
0: basically that is just out of nowhere too i really don't know where that came from so
2: on my computer you know i mean my gosh i can hardly do anything i'm you know, I've got some alternate plans but I'm not gonna say anything over the broadcast because my my computer is rigged. I I don't know what you know I don't need any voices knowing my business, but there are ways around, even their D wave computer. Oh, by the way, that's the other thing. Why does Google have a D wave computer? CERN has a D wave computer. CERN D Wave computer is it's helping them laminate the pit of hell over our sense of presence of reality. That's what it's doing. It's the key to the bottomless pit. In Revelations 9, the angel had the key to the bottomless pit. It's literally that key is opening up uh the bottomless pit and in layers, layer by layer, laminating that on. And that's, I think, contingent with CERN, being open so that brings me back to wondering google says that cern is going to be fired up this year um before we were told that it was going to be fired up this year because they shut it down for two years to make sure that this time it was going to have like twice the power that it ever had before and uh i think the new age uh raptor thing is kind of contingent on that so we'll have to see i'm still waiting to see if there's going to be Every time the Earth has had an Earth rotation, there's been two or three hurricanes in tandem coming all at one time. And I haven't seen that yet, but we're not over the hurricane season yet either because we had a weird weather. Everything's, you know, kind of playing out later. Um, And then the seismic and volcanic activity. Well, that is kind of going on a, a little bit, but I don't see those three hurricanes. And every time we've had an Earth axis, it's been, you know, boom, boom, boom like that. So if we don't have a boom, 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 I don't know. It, there again, I'm, I'm looking at circumstantial evidence and not necessarily. If God says He's going to do, you know, a uh, turning upside down and and uh, uh, a reset, God, I hope it's this year. Because if it isn't this year, it looks like we're it looks like we're headed for a civil war, and I don't want to see another civil war.
0: No, me either. Me either. Because this one, they, the other one wasn't pretty. This one's definitely not going to be pretty. No. Sad
2: and times.
0: yeah, <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry, voice is going somewhere.
2: <clears throat> <clears throat> well, you know what, Eric? Hello, Eric, are you there?
1: Yep. What's up?
2: Always oh, in the background,
1: man. Yep. Talk. Well, Tell us know. something. Eric, I well, I think there's... um, go ahead. Sorry. You know what I always say is I I don't think it's, we're gonna have a, or at least not right now. We're gonna we're not gonna have a civil war. Um no Eric. Because uh, Mark. Taylor had echoed a couple of things about there'd be kind of, you know, pockets of unrest, but, um, not, 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 don't worry about them as much, but just pray over the situation so that they aren't any worse than what they could be.
2: Yeah. And um, that's what we so, want to do. when We close yep. the show tonight. Definitely yep. want to pray. Okay,
1: keep talking. <laughs> Come on, Eric. I want to hear uh, from you yeah, well, uh, let's see. What what else could we talk about? I guess. Um, I,
0: I just want to know, Eric. You know, you kind of keep up with the the um the posts by Q. So has there been any yeah. any new news in that area?
1: Ah, uh, let's see here. Um, you know, the biggest thing I saw was that there was a repost about from two years ago that you know QAnon predicted that they would one of the things that they would do was actually riot. They would use riots, um, as a, a diversionary tactic. And, uh, that turned out to be true. It seems like, uh, everything is kind of playing out, you know, like a script or a movie. Right. Um, so Q talks about it about a year or two in advance and then it happens. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. that's the most latest thing I've seen. Um, Trying to think of what else that kind of caught me what off about, guard. Did you
0: hear anything about Hillary Clinton going to court last week and and losing? So that now she has to actually uh, she was trying to appeal something about her emails, but now they uh, <clears throat> they uh, said that she's got to go to court actually over those emails in September, I think this year. Have you heard
1: anything about that? <laughs> well, I re- I read an article about that, but I did not. I so just picked up on on or I don't um I don't remember quite off the top of my head at the, at this moment. So. Uh huh.
2: Uh-huh. What about one of you guys were telling me about uh, um helicopters that left Area 51 oh, yeah, and headed yeah. towards uh Arkansas? That, would, that see that's the value of Twitter.
0: Um somebody had posted on there that they watched the because uh, Twitter's got people that watch everything.
2: You know? Oh yeah.
0: yeah. And uh, they they. Somebody watches the uh, the radar signals and, the, you know, the air traffic. And one guy noticed that, uh, that I think there were four C-130, There were six in total. Two went to California. Um, and then four of them left Area 51, uh, flew over Las Vegas, and then headed due east. And they were heading towards uh, Arkansas, Little Rock of all places. <clears throat> and then,
1: uh, Is there also- a military base there?
0: You know what, I'd have to look, Arkansas. but I do know that that's where Billy Clinton comes from, and that's maybe where some yep. evidence was, and or maybe they were at the time.
2: <laughs> uh,
1: but
0: um, I just, you know, the guy thought it was kind of curious. First of all, if I was going to launch, um, you know, a series of airplanes to go pick up criminals, I wouldn't launch them from a military base, so to speak. I would launch them from somewhere where nobody's watching, where nobody can watch, and that would be Area Wait. 51. And... Um, you know, so nobody would know they were coming, basically, except maybe some savvy air traffic controllers that, that could alert somebody if they needed to. But, um, for the most part, um, four C 130s, you know, those are military transport planes. Um, why would they be heading there? Why would there be helicopter traffic over Little Rock at the same time? So um, anyway, I was just kind of curious about that. Um, if it, You know, if anybody listening knows the re- answer to those questions or what happened after that guy posted that, sure, appreciate knowing the answer to that. Because, to that, uh, you know, for all we know, that um, uh, those two are sitting in a jail somewhere or, uh, in a holding area uh, waiting to be taken to prison uh, or to court and then to prison. Um, that would be a glorious day. <laughs> That would, that would, that should be a national holiday when that happens. But, um, uh, and there, there's a few more too, like when Soros is finally taken out, that should be a, like our second independence day or something. But, um, anyway, uh, it, it, I thought it was quite interesting that, you know, <laughs> and, uh, C-130s too, why, you know, why, you know, what, if you're going to send federal agents, you can just as easily send them in 747s or something like that, you know, or, uh, you know, C-130s are specifically, well, unless they're they're. Um, what am I trying to say? Unless they're civilian for for civilian use, which some of them are.
2: The, like, our our units flew in C-130s when, yeah. uh, when I was in when uh, I was in army, and uh, all of our equipment, our missiles, everything, it loaded everything up, and you know we were deployed, and they were not a seven. What did you say? Seven forty-seven. Yeah. They yeah. didn't have the comfort and the luxury. No. Oh my god, you talk about the worst trip ever. Pretty awesome. I mean we were flying we were flying in a jet stream, so average ship uh average place is about thirty thousand feet uh for a for a normal plane. We were flying at fifty thousand feet. I felt like a darn at an astronaut. Oh, and by the <laughs> way, um flying that high, I'm looking out this flat, not a beveled uh glass, just a flat plate of glass. No heat, no um, air pressure. So people's noses were all bleeding. Some ears were popping and bleeding. Um, did, you, was...
1: did you see the flat earth?
2: Well, I was just getting to that. I, no, that I saw a curvature of the earth, and I could see the entire, and this is when I felt like an astronaut. My gosh, I could see the entire uh, um, Gulf Coast of Florida, all the whole Gulf and everything at one time. That's how really? high we were up in the air. Wow! Uh, my gosh! And I saw this little plane down below, and I'm, I'm looking down below, thinking it was probably a Cessna or something. And I looked, and, and then I I, I almost feel like fainted. It was a seven, uh, not a 47. It was a 727.
0: Yes, yeah. Back then they had seven twenty seven, seven oh sevens and stuff like that.
2: And yeah. it looked like a little Piper cub or something. And I'm going, Oh my god, we're really high. Yeah, I believe uh, it. Yeah. But yeah, those are purely military. Why would you send four of those unless you're planning on moving a lot of stuff or something or yeah. have a lot of and stuff? And from Area 51, too. <laughs> yeah. Well that's that always makes it interesting, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it
1: sure does. It sure does. I thought most of the Stuff had already been moved out of it, has yeah, yeah, or at least you know,
0: well, it's been moved to Area 52, yeah, up in uh, southwestern uh, Utah. <laughs> so S2, <laughs> Area
2: 52, I like that. Well, that's yeah, what they're that's, calling I, it, that's yeah. what it's, they call it now, okay. I mean,
0: oh, uh-huh. okay. yeah.
2: Oh, right. uh right. Well, it's it's called it was S2, but I guess 52. If they want to do that, they can do that. That's cool. I didn't yeah. know
0: that, yeah, <laughs> so but um, yeah, so anyway, you know. Somebody had posted, and um, I think he calls himself QAnon++++, plus. Um, he posted on there um, last week. He said, "Does anybody think that maybe something's going to happen tonight by five o'clock?" And I'm like, "Oh, come on! <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, unless you unless you are Q himself, you know, um, you wouldn't know anything about that." But you know, it's, right. So when you when you read Twitter and you read stuff like that, you gotta really take a lot of things. Um I, I sent this to you guys the other day. It was um they and in order to fool the algorithm for um for Twitter, they're starting to post weird looking characters on there. And um some of the weird looking characters are actually um characters that are used by Satanists or the occult to summon uh they were saying demons, but actually oh, yeah, the, the names are fallen angels. Oh, yeah. Yep. So you know, it's like, OK, you know, you guys want to fool the algorithm, but let's be a little careful here because you're actually summoning demons. You know, it's um, let's be careful.
1: <laughs> I know there's a there's a TV series called Supernatural. Um, oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I think they're I think they had their last season. But anyways, they would um they would paint symbols on the walls and stuff like that to either summon angels or demons or you know if they were battling one or something like that they'd draw a symbol and hit it or something with their hand and it would cause that entity to be transported from there to some far distance area or something like that huh. so huh. interesting i have no i have no idea what basis of fact that it actually is based in but it was court so isn't co- is that a
2: story of two brothers? You know, like, yeah. Is two brothers? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, so, so one of them killed Hitler. I saw that episode. I thought it was,
1: Yeah, that was that was a good well, comedy. <laughs> they were uh, Dean Dean and Sam Winchester was their names. Oh, you ahead, know where yeah. their uh, main basal location was? Where Sioux oh, yeah. Falls, South Dakota.
2: No, where no, I live. <laughs> and I
1: thought, Come on. Uh now I showed a uh you know, going to the hospital or something on there, and they were going to Sioux Falls General or something the hospital. I'm like, there ain't no Sioux Falls General Hospital here. <laughs> I know the two main hospital systems. There ain't no Sioux Falls General. I know that, but <laughs> <laughs> but I just thought it was interesting why they would choose um, Sioux Falls um, as their main location for such an occult-based thing. Um, I don't know the the name Sioux. You know, is, is you know native american but it's actually yeah. technically a derogatory um name for for native americans it's really? it's actually like snake or serpent oh really i think it's what it is huh. so you know basically i live in serpent falls or oh
2: well snake that would falls. be good why you would do, you know yeah that, so, would, that would be relatable
1: but it's yeah i mean that's the only that's the, right, right you know it <laughs> seems to have um, meanings <laughs> but it's yeah true. yeah
2: Oh wow. Somebody is going to retrace our uh steps in Arizona.
1: Oh they are, huh?
2: Yep. They are gonna uh he and his twin brother, uh he's a Facebook friend of mine, he's going to he's gonna try to come up to get to uh, uh find out where our plaque is and he wants to go up uh Yellow Medicine Butte. And uh they're gonna go on uh yeah. two by four, you know vehicles,
1: because there's... You can't make it with any kind of vehicle. Uh Right. It's more than obvious that we weren't going to do that. Well, if they have anybody that reaches out to them that, you know, wants to be a guided tour, you know, along the way, you know... <laughs> maybe, yeah, just
2: uh, make sure it's not...
1: <laughs> maybe they should steer clear. <laughs> and they, uh...
2: Well, I asked him, I said, you know, if the Lord could provide, I'd love to go with him. Just, you know, it's it's not to take away your, you know, thing. It's your thing, yeah. but I'd go as a, to help you out because I've been here before. I know, you know, sort of where to go and what to do. But uh, I don't know, it's rather interesting. I thought it was,
1: you know. You still cool have up. the uh, GPS record uh, coordinates uh, actually recorded? It's on a picture that I have
2: of the plaque. And I could zoom it up, and I can maybe see the coordinates. I got to say, you know, that it, it was on yeah. that one chip, and the chip fried, and nobody can yeah. understand why
1: it got fried, but yeah, if you could still yeah. get that, you could at least give that to them, so they yeah. could really just pinpoint right to the location. Right. But
2: well, huh. it's it's not too far. What well, what highway was that? Was it? I want to say ten, but I don't think it was ten. What in the heck highway was that?
0: Ten's the one that goes through Phoenix, and um.
1: It, uh, Tucson and end up through Phoenix.
2: Okay, well then that is ten. Okay, it wasn't yeah. too far off of ten, maybe less than ten miles off the road.
1: You know, it was just amazing to me that you know we were in the middle of nowhere and we had full cell phone service. It was just ah, Ill, almost the- insane. Yeah, I just yeah. like not like we didn't have any bars or anything. It's just like I don't I don't see. A tower, or a telephone pole, or electrical well, you tower. You can't or look underground. <laughs> uh, That's true. I cannot.
2: Well, you, you know, know the thing, That was strange because I had a cheap, low-budget um, provider then too. You know, it's one of those pay, you know, pay-by-the-month phones. Yep. So you know, it wasn't even like they had a lot of towers. They borrowed everybody else's towers. So here I'm yep. getting clear, you know, clear well, as heck
0: we had the same thing when uh David Dave Flynn and I and a few others went out to uh <clears throat> what they thought Dave thought was the crash site you
1: right know, in, we had
0: to be 30 miles out of Roswell and mm-hmm. and uh way out in the desert off the main highway and <clears throat> i had 3 bars on my AT&T and there weren't any towers around you could see for miles and you'd see a tower if there was one and yep. uh the only thing i could figure – um I don't remember if you remember that Star Trek episode where they're on that planet and every once in a while, this little antenna would come up out of the ground, you know, and would kind of read <laughs> what they were saying. And then it would appear. I think it's the one where they went to the planet uh, where Alice in Wonderland happened or something.
1: This oh, little geez. antenna
0: would come out up out of the ground and all of a sudden there would be like a night in shining Arbor Cause Sulu was talking about it. And, um, so, yeah, it was almost like that. It's like, okay, you know, where's the antenna that's coming up out of the ground that they're yeah. using for. And if we're using their antenna, are they, you know, are they able to read everything that we're saying and stuff like that, you know? But, um, yeah, I got a feeling that underground there's a lot going on that we don't know about. But you know, uh, from Well, what I've read we actually about,
1: kind of do know what's going on. But
0: yeah, the White House yeah. are taking a lot <laughs> yeah. of it
2: back, you know?
1: Nice, a uh, lot of genetic engineering. Yeah. You know?
2: It was kind of comical. He was asking me, he says, is there any way we can go with uh, stealthily? And I said, well, if you do, you better not be taking any phone or anything else, a microwave or anything else that's got a GPS locator in it because almost yeah. everything you got anymore does. So, um, well, I said, I, well, if you're not going to go down there to, to rescue somebody or storm the place, you're just going to look to find it. I don't think they're caring too much about it. Either. They're not going to bother you. Well,
0: most cars have GPS now anyway, so they would be able to read the computer on the
2: car. Sure. There's no, I don't think there's any way to to do it no. stealthily. Yeah. Wow. Unless you got a Klingon cloaking device, and then you know he could maybe get by. And I don't. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no,
0: if, you got, if you, you, know, this is kind of off topic, but if you ever want to watch something funny, um, look for the episode of Frasier where he has to do the blessing over his son's uh, bar mitzvah. Because somebody had given him the uh, the words in Klingon, and, oh, no. and so when he's up oh, there, no. you know, he's he says, "Okay, I'm going to do this. I studied the Hebrew and everything, and, wow. and he's you know, muk muk dok, and you know, and so anyway, the, the rabbi gets up there afterwards and says, "What kind of gibberish was that?" And the little kid in the audience <laughs> says, "That wasn't gibberish. That was Klingon." <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh my gosh
0: yeah it's you know there there are some funny things on TV still that you, you can watch and not feel yeah. that you you're being indoctrinated or or pushed over the edge one way or another so
2: oh I gotta yeah. plug I gotta plug a movie that's on uh, Amazon Prime you gotta pay for it it's called oh. Assassin 33 AD mm-hmm. Assassin 33 AD it's Assassin a Christian, Assassin 33 okay. D it's a Christian movie. It blows my mind. It says, see, I've done my homework. I, uh, you know, it's, it's out there now, this movie. I I, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but this movie is a Christian made movie. It's about, um, a group of young prodigy children that are working on a project to transport an object from one place to another um in the process of their making now they're being funded by this one guy and they don't really know too much about the guy it's funny he had some kind of like a mid-eastern accent to him though Hmm. and uh he was funding these kids they were all working at it's, it's this one college so he kind of privatized the whole experimentation thing and brought them under his wing and gave them better equipment so they could do more and uh what they were was a islamic terrorist group that wanted to get their science perfected down to where they could have a suitcase nuke set to go off in a few seconds and these guys could teleport it instantly where it needed to go so you know there was no time to waste and boom well they they kept failing as soon as the thing would go to the other place it would liquefy and just decompose uh, dematerialized so the guy realized oh he's got to account for the time in between so when he did that then they realized what they didn't have was a teleporting they had a time machine when the jihadists found out about that they sent a crack troop of their experts to go back to 33 a.d and wait in the tomb and they were going to kidnap jesus's body before he resurrected and kill christianity at its very birth huh now in this they they you got a time machine. You can kind of undo everything if you goof it up. Yeah. They address three different paradoxes with, uh, that, that, um, theoretical physicists have, have speculated about one of them being the grandfather syndrome. They, they play out three different scenarios and it covers so much of time space paradoxes to think that a Christian mainstream movie is made on this kind of level with understanding the scriptures. I mean, they didn't pull this stuff out of thin air. They must've been watching videos, seeing some of, you know, I'm the first one to talk about space time being part of the end time stuff. So I'm thinking, man, somehow, some of the material, the seeds that I planted out there helped put this together. This is awesome. I never thought I'd live to see today when a mainstream movie is playing out these things as real truths and they used some good sound background understandings in what they were putting together
1: well at the very least even if they had not seen your material um you know if if you're if you're a pretty good christian you'll at least study how your enemy is trying to destroy you right yes okay well they're obviously seeing all this concept of time travel and wormholes and everything being embarded or you know integrated into um hollywood so you know if i'm a christian you know well, wait a second why why are they doing this you know but then i go back to that whole scripture you know you talked about you know the antichrist and um you know the times and seasons mentioned in Uh, daniel and that word literally meaning continuum i think Mm you said yep space-time continuum yes uh giving the power over to uh, manipulate space-time i mean it's not that um it's not that far-fetched anymore the concepts there the physics are real um you know they can do it um they're just inundating us to the concepts of it um really and i guess in some level of preparation i guess um you know what i mean
2: right right you know and the thing is they might not have directly seen any of my material but um some of my material inspired josh peck they inspired yep. um, um. Oh, come on. Sorry, I forgot your name from Sky Sky uh, Skywatch TV. Um, Gilbert. Gosh, I can't think of this. Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert. Yeah. Derek, Derek Gilbert. You know, some of my work inspired them. They've taken it to the next step. So they saw theirs. But it's, invariably, you're stuck with me as a little seed planter. I'm I'm the one right. planted the first seed. So yep. it's just it's exciting to see this. Oh my God. You know, 25 years ago I said this, and now I see it on a movie. It's really cool. <laughs> huh. So. But they, and this isn't this isn't a low budget film. I think it might have been Lionsgate that put it together. Huh. So it's you know, it was a it was a good production though. Really great special effects, uh very well thought out program. Anyways, it'll cost you though, it's three ninety nine to cares. rent it. Even if you've yeah. got Amazon Prime. But you know what, for three ninety nine yeah. it's worth it. It really is worth wow. it.
0: Hey, I just gotta <laughs> you gotta laugh. The things that we talk about. And then I got to tell you something that somebody posted on our chat room. But <clears throat> I just got to notice that um, that I should invest in something called Enochian Biosciences.
1: Ooh, Enochian, Enochian huh? Enochian,
0: Enochian Biosciences? Yeah. And that they, they, Bios? they work
1: in DNA manipulation. <laughs> um, yeah, well... Yeah. No, no surprise there. No
2: take. No no Sorry. no no, don't you mess with uh, mess not mess with my DNA. That's right. You know, we can keep the, the all the stuff in the future. There's two things. Never take a vaccine uh, and never take anything in your forehead or your arm. I don't care RFID chip, it's not the mark, but you know what? I'm just not going to take one anyway. I don't need it, I don't want it. Right. Nothing in the nothing goes in the arm, nothing goes on the head. Stay away from it all, but and don't transfer your body into a uh, an avatar like in surrogates or anything. You don't really, you know.
0: Yeah. You. Um, I Winsong, who's one of our faithful uh, mm-hmm.
2: listeners,
0: she just posted, um, I just wanted to add a thought. The people demonstrating near where I live had signs saying Black Lives Matter. I felt bad that the signs didn't include everyone. Everyone matters. Aborted babies matter. People of all colors matter. And I, it reminded me of a sign that I saw on Facebook and it's been going around everywhere. It says, Jesus proved it once and for all, he died. Jesus proved it. he died once and for all, all lives matter. Yeah. Amen. So, yep. So thank you. Winsong. Yeah. Thanks for showing us that. Um, Everybody matters. And um, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever should believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And, Jim, what's the rest of that? Because it's just as important.
2: Oh. Um,
0: for God did not send his son into the world. That
2: oh, to, to condemn the world. <laughs> to condemn the
0: world. But that through him, condemn the you the world might it. be saved.
2: Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, yeah, That's I was, okay. I was
0: It's late where you are and which uh, it's 10 minutes till pumpkin time. So we still got a little time, but yeah. um, Yeah, she's right. You know, and and uh, I and I think a lot of the blacks are starting to see that, too, from some of the videos I've seen, you know, that they're they're like, this isn't just about us. It's about everybody. You know, yeah, we're doing it because, you know, it concerns us. But um, all lives matter. And boy, I see that on different videos and stuff. And it just gives me great joy, you know, to know that people see what the left is trying to do. And the leftists are like, we've talked about all the whole show is they're trying to divide us, you know, to, to make, they're trying to make blacks think that their life is more important than anybody else. And whites the same way and Hispanics and Asians and everything else that, you know, they, under their plan, they want to bring us all together, but it's under their terms. You know, and that's not the way it works. I'm sorry, you elitists. It's not the way it works. Jesus is the only unifying factor that can bring everybody together. You've tried it for four, four or five thousand years now, and you've failed every time, elitists, and It's not going to work. Um The only tie that binds is Jesus Christ. And um you'll try it again and you'll fail. But what I feel bad about is that the failure is always played out in the people that he uses or that they use to try to implement their plan, you know, and if we could just get past that, if we could just get past the the fact that, you know, that the the police are out there killing white people too. They're out there killing Asians and Hispanics, you know, not just killing blacks, they're killing everybody. Um, We just don't hear about the other ones, you know? Um, So if we could just get past the fact that, or the, the, not the fact, but the, the, the rumor that um, they're targeting blacks and, but they're targeting the, the the bad cops are targeting everybody, okay? And they're targeting everybody because they're bad. <laughs> they're bad cops. And uh, and once we can well, once we can get away from that, once we can do something about the police unions because the police unions are the ones that fight for these schlemiels to keep them in there. You know, it's very hard if you're under if you're working for a union and it's supported by a union, it's very hard to
1: get fired. <laughs> Unless you're part of my union. Um, hey, but Dave, what's a what does a, what's a shlemiel? I'm sorry, what's that term mean? Uh,
0: well, me? the best way I could describe it is that there's shlemiels and shlemazels. A, a shlemazel will butter his toast and drop it, and it will fall face down. And a shlemiel will butter both sides first. Uh, okay. That's the only you know. That's kind of a transliteration. Um, okay. You know, you can use it without without it sounding sound like some other Yiddish words sound <laughs> and, and okay. what they mean, but um, which is probably why I got bounced off of Twitter. But um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so you know, there's there's bad in everything. You know, there's there's bad there's bad cops, there's bad doctors, there's bad nurses, there's uh, there, and a lot of them are represented by unions. And believe me, I I like. I like being part of a union because they have protected me. But at the same time, they protect people that don't need to be protected that, uh, that are that are the worst in their field, you know, and if the unions could figure out a way to, to make it so that, you know, they can cut off the dead wood and, and not have to represent the dead wood, then maybe they would be a viable um, uh, solution to every matter. But, but then you got the unions that are corrupt too, so they don't cut off their own deadwood. So how are they going to cut off the members' deadwood? So it's kind of like a catch-22, I guess. But right. uh, um, anyway, so uh, well, we'll see what happens. We'll just wait and, and watch because the Lord has everything in His hands, everything under control. And we really, you know, we can't be successful in anything unless He's the one that's the author of what we're doing. So, uh, um, and if we're doing something that he's not authoring, well, yeah, he can redeem that and make it work, but it might not be what he intended to be in the first place, but it'll, it'll always come around to be, to, to, it'll always come around to be his will. I know that sounds kind of weird, but, uh, um, you know, he, he can take something that, well, it, it sounds weird because even if we do something that he didn't intend, intend for us to do, but he uses it, who's to say that, that, that wasn't the thing that he intended to use. You know what I'm saying? Does that make any sense? Because yeah. It's like he yeah, takes he it. takes yeah. our screw ups and he he uses them right. for his glory. But were our screw ups really a part of the plan that he had to begin with? <laughs>
1: you know? Well, so, I you know. I actually would, as you know, a Calvinist, I would actually argue that that is a truth. Yeah. Even in the bad stuff, God is it is it, it conforms to God's perfect will, sovereign will, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even when, you know, just like, you know, for example, you know, the life I had, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, abandoned as a small child and, you know, it through a foster care system that wasn't very good. Right. You know, it wasn't wonderful, but yet, you know, I still ended up getting adopted through that, you know, that process, Uh even though those bad things pretty much led, to being where I'm currently at. So so I say, yes, the bad things conform to God's will.
0: Well, yeah, you Um, could look at Moses um, the second time that he was. Well, the first time he struck the rock, because God told him to strike the rock. The second time he told him to talk to the rock and that the rock would bring forth water. Well, he talked and nothing happened. And instead of asking the Lord what to do or or, um, you know, or just speaking to the rock again, he struck it and that wasn't God's will. Well, the pur- purpose of that whole action was to get water for the people, and that did happen. So he did use Moses' screw-up, but Moses paid a price for it.
1: Yeah, he was not allowed yeah. to enter the land of Canaan, right? Yeah, exactly. Yep, so Yeah, so,
0: you know, and the, and the object lesson of that is that, you know, when the Lord tells you to do something, have faith and realize that what he's telling you to do is uh, what he wants you to do, but uh no, uh, what do Paul say? Um, What was it? Paul said he was buffeted by the same demon three times um, and that he was doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing, I guess. And he was he was being kind of melancholy about it. And God said, hey, my grace is sufficient for you. You know, yeah, yeah, you, you're things are happening to you and it's not exactly what I want to happen. And, you know, you, you've got this thing going and nobody ever knows what it is, you know, or what was what um, uh, Paul was doing that was displeasing to the Lord. But. But the Lord said, "You know what? It's okay. You're basically, to paraphrase it, it's okay. You're human. You're not going to be perfect. I died for you, and that my grace is what makes you right in front of the Father. So let it go. (laughs) You know. So anyway, I think I used up a bunch of our time with all that, but we (laughs) did. All
2: right. But um, It's it's not like we're really on a time clock anyway.
0: You know, yeah, but, I know.
2: But you know, the thing is that I started I had to turn the TV off, I had to just get away from it and uh just put on some praise and worship music and just, you know, just get away. It's just so it's it's just like, you know, the, the um a supernova before it dies out, it'll flare out real brighter than bright before right. it burns out. And I see this whole thing. The resets coming the powers of darkness know it. They're stirred up all of their human agents. They're fallen angels. Because, by the way, some of the people that we are dealing with are not people. They are fallen angels who look just like you and me. They're blended in with us, following. Yeah. And they're the instigators also. So we're not only contending with communist instigators. We're tending with, with uh, spirit entities that are blended in. That's what the book of Jude is warning us about. That in the last days, these are the things that we were going to be up against. And, uh, I know for a lot of Christians, that might be just way too over the top for you, but hey, welcome to the apocalypse. This is what's in the Bible. This is what you're going to deal with. We are here, right here, right now. Buckle no, up. We, we've never done it before. There's no way to, to, to have any other way to know except to really know God's plan, to know God's plan. And that is what gives you the, balance it gives you a, a firm foundation and stability through a time like this which is total chaos because if i just didn't not know i i mean i thank god so much that i know the plan of god because if i didn't i would be pretty upset right now it looks like all hell's breaking loose it looks like uh um trump's being attacked so bad that you know my gosh you know Things are just going to, things look like they're swinging way the other way too soon, too quick. Well, no, that's what happens when uh, when a supernova is getting ready to burn out completely. They're ready to burn out. Powers of Darkness knows they're, they're losing. And um, they know that they have to even bring this to a point where they appear to be losing because they still think they're going to come back because the pendulum is going to swing back the other way. And that's their last hurrah. But we're seeing desperation by the human agents, especially, knowing that it looks like everything that they've planned and plotted hasn't worked, so they keep throwing everything else. Now they've got all these contingency plans that have already been thought out ahead of time, and they're they're well organized, and they're throwing everything at us at one time. We're seeing like a bug going down a drain. They're going down, but they're going to struggle and grab on to anything and everything they possibly get before they go down and That's what they're doing. And that's yep. what we're watching. We're watching them going down the drain. So that's, I think, the perspective that as Christians that we have to look at. And we can look at it with strength if we know God's plan. So, again, I invite everybody, if you haven't listened to the Mark Taylor's story, you can get that free if you have Amazon Prime. All you just do is say, Mark Taylor, Trump prophecies, and you'll hear his whole uh, life story. It's a Christian production. And how it got on Amazon Prime, I don't know, but that's pretty cool. And it's free if you got Prime. Yeah. So watch it tight, and you'll begin to understand God's plan. Um, That's right. Makes all the difference in the world. So I guess should we... How about a closing prayer? Yeah. I was just going to suggest that. Okay. Father, we just come before you right now. We're in this hour of darkness, this hour that looks like the powers of darkness are trying to create fear and despair. Anger, discouragement, uh, mistrust. Um, Lord, there there is no spirit of fear where there's perfect love. So I pray for all of us, whether they, whether people know you or not, whether they're black, white, brown, whatever. Lord, that you would reach out in your mercy in this this day, this moment, begin to comfort people, begin to show them what is real and what is not real. What is your perception of things and what is the distortions of the enemy that's trying to create division. Help us be unified, Lord, in you. Help us to be unified as a human race. That we won't buy into the spirit. That we won't let a virus make us afraid to touch one another, to care for one another, that we won't make race or a person's skin or ethnic backgrounds or even social backgrounds, denominational backgrounds. Don't don't let this divide us. Help us to be not in an artificial ecumenical movement, but in a movement led by your spirit, Lord, one that's real. One that's real that's filled with your love, not man's love. Lord, help us to get through all of this stuff. In your mighty and precious name, Jesus.
0: Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Okay, guys.
0: Well, I guess until <clears throat> next Tuesday or next month. Excuse me, next Monday. Sorry. Um, until we meet again, and we'll keep in touch, of course, online like we usually do. Um, yep. Audience, uh, just be blessed this week. And um, we are working on getting uh, call-in uh, capability real quick. Someday, real soon, Jim, Eric, and I are going to. Two of us are going to be the uh, the talkers, and one of them is going to call in. And, uh, we will see how it works, uh, how we can, uh, accept the call, how we can end the call and everything else because we may get some strange telephone calls. We don't know. And we That's want to fun. be able to, we want to be able to end those when, when that time comes. But, um, anyway, um, have a, have a blessed week, everyone. And, uh, keep trusting in, in the Lord and, uh, in the power of his might. And we'll get through this just fine. in Jesus name. What's so. up?
2: Amen. Okay. God bless everybody. Good night, guys. Bye.